This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, I'm Anthony Montgomery, Ensign Travis Mayweather on Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Trek FM. Welcome, Boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to Star Trek Enterprise. I'm your host, Patrick Devlin, and with me today, as always, is Brandy Jackala. Brandy, how are you? I am windblown. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy out there right now, huh? It, it is. The wind is blowing so hard. It's that kind where it makes that whistling sound when it blows against your windows. It has rattled the windows a few times. The power has gone out a few times. So here's hoping we make it through the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's hope. If we don't, we'll we'll I will personally wait for you so we can finish this and the fans, the listeners, they will be none the wiser. I know. Except that I'll be making fun of it the whole time and it'll go at the end of the episode. Editing. It's a beautiful thing. Yes. It really is. So, I am as well doing well. Uh I had to work today hmm. and uh it was an easy day, but, but you know, I had to work and tomorrow I have off cuz we're doing this on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why it matters that I had to work today. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so the next time we record, it will be 2019. Yep. I would like to apologize up front now. Apologized up front? I would like to apologize up front now to our listeners. We've been away for a couple of weeks. That's actually my fault. Uh, just family stuff got in the way with uh, with Christmas and, and the holidays and everything, and I just haven't had time to sit down and record, and I've really, I really actually, I've, I've missed talking to you, Brandy. I miss talking so, to you, too. So, I'm, I'm glad to be back here one last time, at the very end of 2018, and uh, I guess let's have a good one. Yeah, because uh, two has, two th- yeah, 2018 has kind of been a kick in the pants <laughs> now and then. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you know what? 2018's also been this podcast where you, I, and Brandon got together, and I think we did a good job. I think we, we had a lot of fun doing it. Yes. And while everything else sucked, at least we had this little bit of time, so I'm glad we got one last in before the, the year ended. Yeah, I did. We were still missing Brandon, yeah. but... I did not expect you to be the happy-go-lucky person at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am. I am. I'm actually very happy because I get to podcast with one of my best friends. Yay! You're talking about Amy, so. I know. <laughs> yeah, yes, I am. 
<laughs> I mean, right now <laughs> in the moment. I'm so kidding. I, you know Amy that. is also one of my best friends. But, yes. Well, I'm dark yes. Amy, so there you go. Yeah, see? So it works out perfect. Yeah. works out perfect. But we are not here just to talk about how much I love podcasting with my friends. We are actually here to talk about Enterprise. And what we planned on doing this week, uh, and actually what we planned on doing three weeks ago, was to build our own Enterprise video game. Oh, yeah. So not not Star Trek Online, an Enterprise version or anything like that. We wanted to build our own game from the ground up, kind of what missions we think they should do, kind of, and you know, a, a loose script for what we think a video game would look good in the Enterprise realm. Yeah. I guess starting off, what what generation would you go with for this video game? Would you make it a current gen? Would you make it an NES game? That's way too before it, but let's pretend it's not. Hey, 8-Bit Gaming is making a huge comeback it, right now. It has been making a big comeback since Minecraft, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, there are things I'll tell like. you what, my son loves playing the old Marios. Yeah. I I enjoy playing the old things. They're a lot more frustrating from time to time, but <laughs> but I still enjoy them. They are. Them. Look, so here's how I look at that, because I've had this conversation with a lot of people, and um, the older games can be very much more frustrating than the current games but the newer games kind of feel like a homework sometimes mm. I, and you're not really into the online world you rather just play solo games yeah so it's a little less of that homeworky feeling but like if you play like a destiny or whatever you feel like oh, i have to get on this week or 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 if i don't get on this week i'm gonna lose out on this or that or and it becomes very homework feeling even though i, I enjoy it i do i have fun it's just it's it's a lot of work. It almost becomes like a secondary job <laughs> to some people, and uh, and for me that would be a third job, and if you count podcasting, a fourth job. So, yeah. um, sometimes it's nice to just kick back, sit down, play an eight bit game, and just when I die, I turn it off. <laughs> like that's how it goes. This is why I generally don't play multiplayer games. Yeah, you're the smart one. Yes, I know. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I so, okay. All right. So, we can go at this one of many ways, but my personal feeling is in order to do, my feeling is in order to do the characters justice, I feel like it should be a current gen game. I was going to say that. I was either current gen or the immediately, you know, the last gen. Yeah. PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 uh, gen, not anything farther back. Yeah. Even though... They came out in 2001, which would have been, you know, your PlayStation 1, but I think uh, more of a current 1080p experience yeah. would be better. I want it to be, I want it to have its cinematic moments, you know. Perfect. I, I completely agree. Yeah. So, all right, so let's just say we, we, we dump this in. Yeah, so we'll do, we'll do current gen, including the Switch, because I love the Switch. Yeah. Uh, and I only say that because there might be a few things I want to add in that, deal with a touch screen okay and uh and i don't want to use the wii u because most people hated it even though i didn't i i didn't have one so i can't say i still have my old gamecube though uh, so do i i had the blue one which one did you have i have a silver one. Oh, i'm so jealous <laughs> i really wanted that one and they were sold out anyway it's still my little buddy i still play on it <laughs> i still have a wave bird what i still have a silver wave bird what because you could use it for the Wii U. Oh. Yep. I had a wave bird. Love that thing. Nice. Nice. 
So anyway, yeah. not the Wii U, the Wii. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and I still play Double Dash. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go current gen. So PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch. Yes. Where in the series do you see this video game taking place? Well, that's that's where we can kind of mess around a bit because downloadable content. <laughs> okay, true. So additional let's, content. Right. I Right. All right. So let's start with where do you see the game starting in the series? I would think that we would go with probably the most adventurous of the seasons, which would be season three, the Zindi War. Right. So I think the game should start off with with showing the attack. Agree. You know, um, giving a little bit of backstory, you know, maybe not the opening scene be the attack, but like giving the backstory, you know, a quick synopsis of who the characters are on the ship mm-hmm. and then the attack and their reactions. And I think in that cinematic scenes, when you first hit, you know, start game, it should be that Trip's sister is dead. Mm. I think that should play a prominent role in that very first scene. Yes. Because I think that's a big part of his character, and I think that should matter in our video game. Yeah. Well, I think it would be interesting if it starts kind of like with a cutscene of seeing her doing whatever she's doing when this attack happens. You know, seeing like the... Oh, so starting right at the, the attack. Yes. Seeing, seeing what she's doing right before and then see her die. <laughs> I mean, obviously she's just vaporized, but... Right. Yeah. Right, yeah, maybe she's the, I don't know, whatever, gardening, yeah. right? And But she sees the beam mm-hmm. coming at her. And there's nothing you can do because the beam yeah. is massive. Yeah. So She probably doesn't even maybe try that, to run. Maybe, yeah, I like that. I like that better than my idea. It's just a quick... A very quick scene where she sees this. Maybe you don't even know it's her. If you're, yeah. you know, you're not a huge fan of the series, you just see the beam. You see her. You see her seeing the beam. You see from behind her with a huge beam, and then it wipes past her. She's vaporized, and then we're into the game. Yeah. You know, and maybe at that point, now, do we want to be some random crew member, or do we want to have this game take place as you as one of the stars of the show? I would say you would want to be, I think, here's the thing. Um, I would like it if you could play different characters. Like you can choose which crew member you're going to be, but stick to the main cast. And each cast member has a different point of view of each mission, so it has replayability. Oh, wow, that's way better than I was. (laughs) See, I was going to say, kind of like the Lego games. You start out as one character and you unlock another yes. and then you unlock another. No, I like that. But I like but I like yours better because you can actually just maybe each mission we do has three characters you can pick yes. from. So maybe you could start the game as let's say so that cutscene happens and then it says Archer to Paul Trip. Yes. Then you have to pick one of those three. Yes. And if you pick Trip, obviously the focus is on what just happened to his sister. Mm-hmm. If you pick Archer, it's what just happened to Earth. And if you pick Chipotle, Chipotle, like Chipotle. <laughs> Chipotle? But if, you, if you pick Chipotle, maybe the focus is what is going on within the um, the Federation itself. What's going to become the Federation. I mean, it's not there yet, but yeah. you get my drift. Yes. Yes. 
and and the cutscenes would give you that information. You know, so like, let's say you you pick trip, you would you would be running to the monitor to get the information and hear that your sister had just died. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were trip, you uh, if you were Archer to Paul, you wouldn't hear your you know trip's sister just died, right? Or how, actually. In the show, it was Archer who told him that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, they weren't sure that she was dead, but she w- they were trying to determine where she would have been at the time of the attack. Right, so if you pick Archer, you go and find out about the right. attack. If you pick Trip, you have Archer telling you about the attack, and then your responses, and maybe the game gives you some leeway to make different responses. Oh, I yeah, no, I like that. Matters in the long run, but maybe you can make different responses back, like, oh, my sister was there, or let's go kill somebody. Like, those are the two responses, you know? Yeah. And um, so I, I like that. I like the fact that, and, and it'll give you each, every single mission, it'll give you a couple people Yeah. that you could choose from. Maybe not the whole crew. No, but... For every mission, yeah. but it'll give you three choices. Right. No, I like that. Of the three mains, and each one of those stories intertwine, but you see it, like you said, from the point of view of that particular character. Yeah, because I don't find any fun. If we're going to have a game about Enterprise, what is the fun in playing some random crew member that no one's ever seen before? Yeah, to me, that's not my thing either. Yeah. Um, I know other Star Trek games have done it, <laughs> or made you some random captain, but... I think, cause, because then you can take ownership of that. I get yeah. it. I get why it happens. But if it's going to be Enterprise-based, then I think I would like to play the characters of Enterprise. Yeah. Um, I think we should put in into the programming of all this that whatever character you picked last, you can continue through, whether even if they're not necessarily a main character of the next section. Okay. So maybe, like, if you choose... If you should so choose, you could play as Archer through the whole game. Okay. I like it. Um, the only thing about that would be in the missions that he was not necessarily involved right. in. It would be very generic responses. I mean, yeah, no, I, we could say it would be great, but the program's got to program it and it would be hard. I get that. Well, th- the reason that I think that that's interesting is because, well, and we were talking about this before the show, I've been playing Spider-Man which I really enjoy. And you're not always Spider-Man. There are certain sequences where you are playing Mary Jane or you are playing, spoiler alert, Miles Morales, pre-Spider-Bite. So it's just... Uh, by the way, guys, if you haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse, what is wrong with you? It's so amazing. I haven't. So I haven't amazing. yet. I'm going to very soon so great so and i actually like that i like doing things and seeing a story from a different point of view and and you're just kind of forced into that i would like to have the choice it's like oh i have to do this now who am i going to pick to do this so right. i like that choice not to say that i hate right. being forced into these things in spider-man i don't that's not that's not it but it's it's most fun to play spider-man guys most fun <laughs> <laughs> right so and then we're trying to bring that to this so an idea of where you can be other people yeah. but i i like that we i like kind of like the idea that we get to choose sort of who yes we get to be yes not just that the story dictates all right now you're tripping exactly you're i see i like that because so. it provides different experiences for the player depending on which character they're whose eyes they're looking through right right and i think it gives you a way of changing the story a bit. Yeah. Too. And 
Because now, not just like your perspective on the story, but for instance, if you play through his trip, the first mission, you can go back and play as to Paul and her responses to trip could be different mm-hmm. now. Which may cause other things to happen. Yeah, there should be consequences for... Well, not consequences so much. That's not the right word. No, but ramifications yeah, to yeah. your decisions. Just, yeah, you say one thing differently and suddenly you're in a whole new alternate reality. <laughs> it's just right. quantum now, physics. Obviously, with the way, you know, it would eventually have to get back on of track course. to the story. But the way back around, you know, may be different. Yeah. The amount of villains that are in that particular mission or whatever yeah. might change. Well, see, and that's the thing. There are going to be certain events that, like, uh, in the world of Doctor Who, are time-locked. <laughs> you can't change them, no matter what you do. So, there's Correct. going to be those those locked events that will happen regardless of how you are playing the game. And, you know, it, if you want to get really super complicated, like Bethesda likes to do in their games... You can have different outcomes for certain things depending on one thing you might say or not say at a certain time or one thing you did or didn't do at a certain time. Right. And like, for instance, you said, okay, so locked events. So actually, let's go over it. What would be, if we were going to do season three to start, Mm -hmm. what would be a few locked events? Well, the attack for one, obviously. Right. It would start the game. I think... Landing on a sphere yes. would have to be a locked yes. event, right? Another locked event would be chasing the um, the the secondary uh, weapon that they sent right. out. That would have to be a locked yes. event, right? Those things have to happen, or this game doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Exactly. Um, for me, I, I now unlocked events. I would like to have to see if you do certain things, you end up getting E two. Mm-hmm. Or E squared, right? Because I want to see that second ship and that whole mission. Yes. But maybe you don't get it. Maybe you do things differently and you never end up at that planet. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you never see it. You know, th- that's not a locked event to me. No, I, I like that. It doesn't that. have to happen. Because, again, replayability. Um, right. And then, you know, um, definitely not a locked event would be Fraggle Rock. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. I heard it in my head before you even said it. <laughs> Well, let's okay. So let's just look at the season for a second. Let's pretend I didn't hate that episode. No, it's anymore. fine. It's fine. Literally, nothing happens in that episode that matters. Mm, yep, pretty much. Except we know who the Lokek are now. But that's it. I mean, you know, even the guy who comes in, I expected to see him somewhere again in that season. And maybe we do in the game. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, true. Okay, so maybe we do. Maybe that becomes a locked event that no matter what you do, you run into him. Yeah, well, it it could be one of those things where the event itself happens out of game, but it still has happened. And then you run into that guy later, maybe as an ally, well, maybe as an adversary. I don't know. Could be interesting. But even, well, that's, but see, now that's what I think. I think we should have that planet. And if we get near it, then the events of that really bad episode happen. <laughs> Very condensed in a short, tiny mission. Mm-hmm. But if we survive that, now he's an ally. If we never go to that planet, we run into him, he's adversarial. Mm, interesting. I like it. You know, things like that. That's fun. So I can avoid that episode completely. There you go. All the haters of extinction can just pass the planet by. Exactly. Exactly. And if you go online, you can find out where that planet is and just put a beacon out there. <laughs> Yes, that works. 
But all right, so now we have we have the bases, right? It's going to start at the very end of season two, beginning of season mm-hmm. three. We're going to do some of the spear building things. So the first thing, you know, you'll do a, a mission where um, it'd be more like a diplomatic mission to start the game, right? But it'll also be some. It, it, we have to somehow find a way to get some tutorial in there, yes. right? So maybe the guys who become invisible. Oh, the 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 Sulaban. Thank you. I, I don't know why I drew a blank there. But That's I okay. I was doing so that we, too. I was like, the, uh, so, 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 yeah, Suleiman. I knew it was in a, the Saru. Uh, uh, no, that's <laughs> wrong a show. Totally different show. Different <laughs> show. Wrong show. Um, so maybe the Suleiman come and attack just so we can get some. Go quick, whoever you pick. Quick, let's go to the armory. Quick, let's shoot. Let's jump. Let's dive over this. That thing's on fire. And you go through that whole little mission, right? Mm-hmm. Then, uh, then you get your orders. Whether you're Archer or not, you find out. If you're Archer, you personally find out. If you're not Archer, Archer 10 tells you you're going on this mission. Um, if you're Trip, you get the ability to say, uh, we're not going to listen to any of that Federation garbage. <laughs> you know, we're going to just kill people. Uh, if you're not, you get to hear him say that. Uh, I guess another option would be he takes a different approach to that, but I don't think anyone would ever pick it. You'd be surprised. We'll give them the choice. We'll give him the choice, and that might play out later. Maybe later on, uh, he's given the chance to kill somebody, and he doesn't. Oh, that should be a locked event too. Mm. Another locked event is um, when they when he uh, uh, Degra. Right. You know, maybe maybe there's few things you can change about it, but you're definitely going to meet. Oh, Degra. of course you have to. So, um, since we talked about it a minute ago, and I didn't think of it, but so now we have that. That all set up. But now we're going out on the mission. I think we shouldn't cut scene. We shouldn't do a cut scene to anomalies. No. We should actually just have them run into. Yes. Them. Yes. You know, if you're a fan of the show, you'll know they're coming. But yeah, basically, the cut scenes happen in real time, in real game time. Right. I like it. So maybe the maybe the first time they hit an anomaly, we'll do a cut scene. Mm-hmm. That shows something getting messed up, but not tell them about the anomalies. Let them run into yep. one. Uh, and then if it's like PlayStation or Xbox, that can be um, an achievement for not hitting any old game, which would be virtually impossible. <laughs> yeah. Send billions well, that's that's one of the rare trophies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ultra rare. <laughs> ultra rare. There we go. Point, point 0.2%. Yep. <laughs> that, that's about right. Yep. So... Because you know there's some jerk that sits there and plays all day till he does mm-hmm. it. So, um, but yeah, so we, we wouldn't tell them about the anomalies. They would just hit one and then they'd get a cut scene with a kind of explanation about it. Um, I think another locked event should be the Trillium D to Paul's addiction to it. I think that should be a locked event. Unfortunately, they've made such a big deal out of it that I don't think we could change that, so... Yeah, but we could just ignore it. I mean, we could just not show it in game. But I think it should be there because I think that's a perfect time to get flocks involved. Yep. So that's one of the times. Because I'm trying to think how we could use all the characters. And I think that's one of the ways we can use flocks. And another locked event could be him. We could have a mission where he has to take over the ship because they all to be stated. Yep. You know, that's another locked event at some point in the game. Um. But I think a lot of these things can be done out of order. Too. Oh, yeah. 
I think this could be, and I know you don't like the Legend of Zelda games, but I think this could be a very Legend of Zelda-ish in that if you go west, you do these things. If you go east, you go these things. But you can't get to, you can't really get to the Zindi until you've accomplished all those things. Yeah, well, that's similar to a lot of role-playing games, actually. <laughs> well, yeah. But I mostly play Zelda. <laughs> that's fine. Well. You're going to come into the Fallout fold soon, so you'll understand. Yeah, as soon as I can get time to play. Been able to do more time thinking about playing than Mm -hmm. playing. So, all right, so, so far we've gotten nowhere. (laughs) We've gotten gotten to our first anomaly. Um, After traversing, let's say, we should run into those, uh, I know it's not the same order that happens in the TV show, but we don't have to follow the show exactly. Um. We should run into those bandits, you know, that have the messed up faces and all that, and have some kind of square off with them you could pick between uh, Reed, again, Archer. Archer should be featured in many of these. Reed, Archer, and uh, I don't know who else. Maybe maybe to Paul. Yeah. And uh, so you get their perspectives on it. Whatever, you have a fight with them, you do what you got to do, you either win, you do diplomacy, whatever, however you get them on your side, or kill them. Um, and then after that, we should land on one of the spheres at some point. Yep. Definitely. Well, and I feel like a side quest could be finding more spheres and gathering intelligence from each one. And each one has like a different way you have to get into them and a different thing you have to collect. Right or yeah or they're they're cloaked differently yeah. or each one you know, had each yeah, one is I, in, individual. Yeah, and I think that's awesome because you can add a puzzle element to this whole yes. game. Yes. So so far we have that. I think the by the way I think with this flying you know we we talked about like the tutorial for the jumping running and all that stuff but flying should be like almost like uh, I. I don't really like the way they do it in many of the Star Trek games. I understand why they do it that way, but I think our flying should be like a lumbered, almost like a lumbered version of uh, Star Fox. <laughs> yeah. Because obviously you wouldn't be able to make the move Star Fox makes. Yeah. But I think it should be like a you know third-person view kind of thing, and your HUD kind of gives you the direction to things. You know? Yeah. Gives you quest markers. Right, instead of that like top-down look. Yeah. You usually get in video games, and um, because that to me that feels more like space. You can go up, you can go down, you can go left, you can go right. Yeah, whatever. You have a Z axis instead of just X yes. and Y. Exactly. That's how you know you come up out of the Mutara Nebula and fire on the Reliant. And sorry, <laughs> just not in this game. No, not in this game. This is all about Enterprise. <laughs> but so. So yeah, so that could be an awesome side quest. You, for every uh, sphere you come across, it's a different puzzle to break into it. Yeah. And uh, some of the puzzles could be the angle, the speed. Uh, there could be a combination of things. There could be frequencies you have to send to make them show themselves. All kinds of weird stuff, which is cool because if you do it that way, you can also then work Hoshi into all this. Yes. With the frequencies and stuff because... Maybe she's cracking a code because she found out she's a code breaker. Yeah, well, and maybe Travis, too, because maybe some of them require tricky piloting. 
Correct. So you got those two involved in side quests, so you can get more out of them. So where do we go from here? Not just side quests, but let's just say we want to move along the main quest. We've gotten through the pirates. We've gotten to our first sphere. What would be the next step for us? There are so many things that we can do. Because I feel like the locked events are going to be like the main quest thingies for a lot of them. Right. And, which is not to say unlocked events can't be main quest thingies, but definitely locked stuff has to be in there. So maybe sometimes you just have to, you're forced to go look for resources. Almost. Right, almost sandbox. Yeah, it. I would say have it be a bit of a sandbox game. I mean, not not to the point of you can literally just go anywhere and do anything at any time, because no game is completely like that. No, right, right. So yeah, it gives the appearance of it in some games. Yeah, though, it's so. like you can't skip to the final event at the beginning of the game because you're not strong enough yet. That's another thing we'd have to talk about how we're leveling up characters as we go. Yeah, because that's the weird thing, right? Because it, in reality, nothing really changed much. No, but there are certain things that we can that we can tweak. Like they can have uh, increases to health and increases to armor and, you know, health of the ship. You get more hit points, so to speak, as you go on so that as you face stronger enemies, you don't die immediately. <laughs> right, right, right. Otherwise, this would be very planned. Um, also, I think we can... As the as you use the characters and the different things you do, I think this is how it can play in. You know, if you use Archer a lot and you just if you just like to shoot at things, then your accuracy with your characters and and your stuff like that is going to go yeah. up. And later on in the game, if you really need, you can't beat somebody if you can't fight them, and you need to negotiate with them, you're not going to be able to. Yeah. So it might make it harder to get supplies later in the game. Yeah. So basically, we're encouraging yeah. playing multiple characters. <laughs> Right, and in multiple fashions. Like, you don't want to just up yeah. Archer's ability to negotiate because he might have to shoot somebody. But there might be times later when he's negotiating to free a hostage or something where he can't just kill the town. So if he has bad negotiations, you're not going to get that side quest. Yeah. No, I like that. So I think each character has their different areas that you can level up. It's like you can't just do the same standard leveling up on each one because they have different skills. So right. you can increase their particular skills. Right, and that and that goes for an overview of the yeah. ship. Everything you level somehow adds back to the ship. I don't think the ship should actually level oh, at no. any point. Because we know from the beginning to the end of this season, they don't really change the ship no, much. No, it's still terribly, terribly vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. Blanket pulled overhead. Yep. It's about the size of it. <laughs> so so after... Um, okay, so let's say this part of the game we'll be doing the, the Trillium D mm-hmm. thing. We'll be searching for Trillium D. Um, oh, we missed a major point to start this Uh-oh. game. We never went into the mines. The mines? You have to do that. That has to be a lock. Yeah. Event. That is where the tutorial takes place. Okay. That explain that that makes it much easier to explain than the Sulaban. Yep. Agree. I've crossed out Sulaban so, and put in mines. Yeah, so they go into the mines and they well in our game we find our way of out. Of course. 
So, with guns. Somehow we found guns. So, um, <laughs> moving forward here, though, we're going to do the Trillium thing. We're looking for Trillium, you know, try and put it on. And if you pick to Paul, maybe things start getting wonky and things don't make sense in your story. Mm. And, you know, you don't know why. You can't understand it. And then you start figuring out, or if you're a big fan of the show, you figure out it's because you're a, you know, a drug addict. <laughs> well... So. She couldn't help her reaction to the the drug. She could help wanting more of it. <laughs> so. Yes, but she becomes a drug addict, yeah. and the rest of the game now will be you trying to find drugs. Yeah, it's kind of like when you're playing Dead Rising 2 and you have to get Zombrex every so many hours to keep your daughter from turning into a zombie. Stuff like that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Except you're turning yourself into a zombie. Well, yeah. Little by little. Oh, I'm referencing a lot of video games today. <laughs> hey, it's a game about video yep. games. Or a podcast about video games. Basically. So after we move on from the Trellium incident. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. The Trellium incident. I'm thinking this is the first time we should find actual Zindis to fight. Because really, the, the season would be a boring video game. Oh, yeah. We have to run into them more with fights, space battles, oh, yeah. land battles. Uh, definitely. Like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Random encounters. Yeah, absolutely. Going on throughout pretty much everything after the first time we land on a sphere. Right. And that's why they never can find Enterprises, because whenever there is a random encounter with a Zimbi, Zimbi Zindi, excuse me, no one lives to tell the tale. Or something. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe they're always exactly. trying to keep one, you know, don't kill them all. We'd like to question. Ah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> really, just keep one. Oh, uh, just keep one alive. And, oh, I give up. <laughs> forget it. Just forget just, it. Forget it. Just slaughter them. It's fine. So after slaughtering and maiming as many Zindi as we can find, uh, which is a way to build experience. Yeah, and which, which do you Travis. think they should come in contact with first, the reptilians, because they're the most aggressive? No, because I think they should be the strongest. Okay. So I think early game, we should probably be running into like the weaker, non-aggressive ones. Um, the Arboreals. Yeah, I, I was going to say that's probably the best one. To go with early on. Okay. Uh, maybe with a spattering of like reptilian refugee, not refugees, uh, reptilian like deserters almost. Okay. People going out on their own. But we could even, even early game, we could find like just random other species. Oh, yeah. There's so many different species in the expanse. Right. So they could just be them being annoyed that we're there. Oh, yes. And taking shots. It's a very unfriendly place. Yes, nobody likes anybody. Everyone's stealing everything. Yep. And uh, so, but now, now, all right, we've gotten through. We've gotten through a few stages here. We've figured out the Trillium D is not going to work for us because it'll kill to Paul. Yep. And uh, so we start. Maybe now we have to start destroying some of the spheres. Hmm. Because that'll that'll create pockets in the distortions. Okay. Now that can't be an easy feat. So this is going to be like a major quest. Oh, 
Right, it's like a mid-game boss. Yeah. It's you know, obviously there'd be other little missions in here and stuff. Yeah, it's but. that point of the game where you're just like, okay, I was fine up until now. Now I'm dying four times in a row. What the h? Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And maybe at this point of the game, you can. It's it's broken into small quests that lead to this big quest, so that we can like flip around what characters we're being at, at any given sure. time. Sure. Well, and you know? that's the thing. I, like at any point in any quest, it could have one of those moments where you're like, choose which character you want to continue. Right. True. So kind of like a choose your own adventure sort of thing, which is basically what role playing is. Yeah, it's exactly what role playing yeah. is. Unless you have a bad DM. Oh, I have the best DM. I know we we did some good. We did one good one. <laughs> So, uh, so, but this would be the point where we find out, oh, where we find the scientist. Right. So you'd want to find the scientist, put the tracking device, do all that nonsense. Okay. You know, and maybe the cutscene there, the, the cool cutscene would be when it they actually bring the canister with the tracking device onto the ship and all that. Yes. You know, I would like to see, this is a little bit off topic. I would love it if, as little Easter eggs, there were either references to or side missions or downloadable content where you do missions that are actually part of the novels from the Zindi season. So that would be cool, but you would do it, I would do it as side exactly. quests. Yeah, it would just, I just think that would be fun. You know, yeah, I would, I would add them in and if you trigger a certain event at a certain planet... Then, you know, whatever, this part of this book triggers. Yeah. And that part of that book triggers. And for the um, people who haven't read the books, then it's something fun and new. And for the people who have read the books, it's a squee moment. Right, exactly. Exactly. And it brings it all back, even though technically video games aren't canon. This can be your canon, at least for the video yes. game. Yes. And uh, so that that would be cool. I mean, you could, you could drop a lot of Easter eggs like that. You could do... From the comic books, you could do from the the novels, you could do stuff like that. I think we should save the downloadable content for seasons four and then beyond. Things we think would have happened. Sure, I like that. You know, uh, but but in the game itself, we would have the books or whatever. You know, different parts of the books. Yes, I like that. Uh, maybe maybe one downloadable content could be the Mirror Universe. Ooh. Not have that in the game itself, just have a mirror universe version of a few of these missions as downloadable content. Yes, I like that. Because everything has to have DLC now. Of course it does. And and, and by the way, when we're done with this, it's not done. We're going to patch it before it comes out. Of course. And then there were... Because we couldn't get it on the disc. Well, discs. see, that's the thing. It, it'll be multiple patches because, unfortunately, you can't put out a finished game these days anymore. Not allowed. It's yeah. Not it's, it's, not, it's not possible. So you when you have a new game come out, just before you decide that you want to play it... Like, just open it and put it in your machine and let it download the updates. Because then you don't get angry when you actually go to play. And there's like a 50 gigabyte download that you have to wait for. <laughs> and we're warning you now, guys. Yeah, we're doing that we, to you. We totally On are. Purpose. We're warning you. See, 
We're, we're actually not going to put in any of the side quest no. stuff until after you put the nope. game in. You're going to have to have a five-hour download. So just put yeah. it in, go to sleep. When you wake up in the morning, it's all ready for you. Yeah, exactly. So game will release on the 1st. You can't play it until yep. the 5th. That's how it's going to roll. <laughs> and that, if that's not frustrating enough to not buy this game, I don't know what is. Hey, that's but all games these days. I, it's ridiculous. Every single one. And I think that a lot of people get very frustrated and upset with that, and I can understand that. But when you think about the level of coding that these games require, it's insane. Oh, I get it. No, look, I took I took computer programming in college. It's what I wanted to do. My only thing is I'd rather you wait two months to bring out the game than put it into production and patch it. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. Even two months isn't going to fix all of the little problems that you cannot find until people are actually playing the game all the way through. No, no. I don't mind later on patches. Those don't bother me at all. It's just the day one patches that drive me crazy. Well, see, and the thing is I don't think that that has necessarily anything to do with uh, the people making the game and everything to do with executives sitting in a room. <laughs> Absolutely. It has to do with, this game's coming out on the 8th. And that's that. Get it yep. ready. It has to be printed. If it's coming out on the 8th, it's got to be printed on the 30th of two months mm-hmm. earlier. And that's my problem. Just wait. Just let them finish the game. Let them finish the game and get it out. Yeah. Full. But they can't. Do, do it that. Do it like Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I'm still waiting for. I pre-ordered that game in 2015. Which is crazy. I'll, it'll be so great when it comes out, though. <laughs> I hear <laughs> I hear rumors that it's going to be in 2019. Yeah, or it'll be on an optical device that sits in front of your face because that's the only systems we have at Oh, that time. but those give me such weird vertigo. I don't want that. I don't want that. So, but our game will not no. because it's not ever being no. made. But, but it was uh, fun going right, off on that so, tangent. <laughs> yes. So now, now that we have we have the tracker, um, this is where we can kind of split off and we can maybe do the E two. You know, that might happen if you go one way, or you might end up going another way. Whatever, you eventually work your way back. To seeing the the Zindi weapon leave. Mm-hmm. Now I think this is where we should absolutely change course from the show, and just if you destroy it, you win the game right then and there. Nice. I think it should be really, really ridiculous. Absolutely. Hard. If you fail, if you make an attempt and fail, you die in in flames. That's in it. Bye bye. Literal flames. <laughs> um, and for the people who play it at first, it erases your save. Oh no. No, that's yeah. mean. Make it make it a real risk to go after that thing and not not try and smarten up to getting rid of it instead. So you want to punish people for trying to destroy the city weapon? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know you could be so vindictive. I can. I can be horrible. Because <laughs> I think I think if you do that, you look. If we could sit down for months, like real video game writers and designers do, we would have so much content for side quest that if you didn't do it, I want to force you to almost do it. <laughs> so the first couple guys that get to that point and die, they'll warn everyone else on the internet not to do that. Right. They'll also hate us and curse us on the internet, but whatever. That's okay. 
Wouldn't be the first time. Yep. I've lost saves before. Uh, I <laughs> There was one time... Well, it happened multiple times, but after it happened the first time, I was expecting it in multiple replays. But there's a game on GameCube called Eternal Darkness, which is one of the best horror games I have ever played. And uh, you have levels, of course, of your health and your magic, but you also have a sanity level. And when your sanity starts to get low, weird stuff starts happening. Weird stuff. Yep, I remember that game. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, one of those, if I can remember correctly, was your screen going black and then acting like it was deleting all of your data on your memory card. They did that in one of the Metal Gears, yeah. too. And then it goes back to the game, and you're like, oh, 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 <laughs> thank you. No, we won't pretend. You're done. Yeah. Well, maybe, all right, maybe it doesn't delete your whole save data. Maybe it knocks you back. Yeah. To a checkpoint many, many, many minutes ago. Right. You, you have a lot of ways to go, though. And because uh, I don't want to be totally cold. Right. And, well, basically, but... if you if you can't destroy it, you not only get knocked back, but obviously the weapon gets away and now it's harder to get back to it. It's harder to chase right. it down. And for whatever it is, however long you've been playing, however long you've been playing when you get to that point, doesn't matter. You still see the... Weapon leave, but now you're kind of like up against the yeah. clock. So you ha still have to go back and run around and do all these side quests, like getting Archer, you know, taken to the aquatic ship and all that other stuff. Yes. You know, you have to do all those things. Maybe go back and do some of the books or um, find the Fraggle Rock planet. <laughs> Whatever it is, you have to go do those things to start upping, you know, and start mining. Now you have to start farming experience for your characters. Mm -hmm. Because clearly you weren't ready. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think I think I would make it that only certain events trigger cutscenes to the Zindi Council. Okay. So maybe you have the story, maybe you don't. You know, at this point, once you've already done that, let's say once you've already triggered the Zindi weapon, now if you trigger those events that do the council it somehow gives you an idea of where it is in space. Mm. So how far from Earth. So, you, you you know, you're not only you're running around, the game's constantly kind of telling you, hey, you're running out of time, you're running out of time, <laughs> you're running out of time. Yes. All right, so I think that's a good basis for a game. Absolutely. But now for downloadable content. <laughs> I think one of the things I would give away, like at the first Christmas, just give mm -hmm. it away, would be other crew... Uniforms. Ooh, yes. You know, just for fun. Like, you could just reskin all the characters, and let's say that everyone got a choice of Discovery, TOS, or TNG. <laughs> nice. You got to pick one. That's it. Uh, whoa, which one do you pick? Hmm. I'd probably go with Discovery. I really like I probably would, too. I was just thinking, uh, <laughs> no, come on, it's going to be Discovery Brandy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Maybe another, you know, like you said, uh, we could do, we could do the, the the Borg that we had talked about in our season <gasps> our five. Could be one story. of the downloadable contents, right? That could be a downloadable content mission. Uh, we could do downloadable content for new weapons. Maybe they upgrade the weapons to closer to Discovery era kind of weapons, or um, yes, you know, stuff like that. We could do ridiculous things like that. We could do downloadable content that brings the 
um, the Temple Cold War, full circle. Mm-hmm. And brings us into a Temple Cold War where, or a downloadable content where Archer is in the future. And then you go back and you play some of those missions mm. with Archer missing because Daniels pulled him away. Ooh. Interesting. I like it. You know, just stupid things like that I think would be good downloadable content. Some we'd give away, some you sell because yeah. microtransactions are the wave of the future. Yep, there you go. But. Nice. I like it. You know, maybe maybe at one point we can do a mission from the arboreal side, trying to get rid of, trying to help Archer. Mm. Play as arboreals, as, as a, yay. You know, or something like that. We got a lot. Um, so we've decided that we're doing it as a current generation game. We start with showing the Zindi attack uh, from the viewpoint of Elizabeth. Uh, we haven't determined whether we're going to make it clear it's Elizabeth, but I think it would be nice if we didn't know and then find out later. Uh, we're going to have different missions. Some are time-locked, some are not, or some are locked and some are not. Uh, each mission will have at least two, possibly three characters you can choose from, multiple responses in conversations, and if you want to, you can continue with that same character through other missions. So our training tutorial mission is going to be the Mines level from Season 3. That will be a required level. And there are other locked events such as meeting Degra, um, the Trellium D addiction, flocks taking over the ship when everyone has to be put into sleep so that they don't go crazy. Um, there are... We're not going to do any cutscenes for when anomalies happen. And that... Uh, and <laughs> have a really hard achievement if you can avoid all of the anomalies <laughs> with your character. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Flying is going to be like Star Fox, which I like. Uh, there will be quest markers so that you don't get lost in space. Um, side quests of landing on spheres will have a puzzle element. And there will be different ways to solve different missions depending on your skills and what character you are playing. Because each character has different talents and different strengths and weaknesses. Uh, another side mission, uh... Looking for Trellium, <laughs> the Trellium incident, we'll call it. There will be multiple random encounters with Zindi and other species of aliens, because basically everyone in the Expanse hates humans, even though they don't know what humans are. <laughs> well, they kind of hate <laughs> yeah, each that other, too. Though, right? Like, they hate everyone. I think it's the anomalies. I really do. I, I bet, once the spheres are gone. I do, too, because I think they're all fighting... For resources Yeah, now. it would be really fun to do, uh, this might be a future writer's room, be fun to do an episode where they go back to the Expanse to see how it's faring now that all the spheres are gone. Well, that's definitely a season five, six Yeah, episode. I think so. I think so. Uh, of course, there is, to start the ending point, you're going to have to start destroying spheres about the halfway point. That's your mid-level, your mid midpoint boss is destroying spheres. Um, we'll break them into smaller quests. Um, then, of course, we've got to find the scientist. That's got to be another one of those events where it, with the canister tracking because 
let's see. And if you make it to the Zindi second weapon launch, if you can destroy it, you win the game. No questions asked. Axed. No questions asked. All right. But if you lose, <laughs> it knocks you back way far away in your game and you have to really hustle to do some experience farming and get strong enough to have that final battle. Uh, Cutscenes can happen with the Zindi Council giving you hints of how close to Earth the weapon actually is. And then of course it will end with your triumphant destruction of the second Zindi weapon. And or, or Earth. Earth. Yeah, I want a beautiful highly rendered cutscene of Earth being blown to bits by that that Zindi weapon. I want them to feel their failure. And if you fail, you don't get to play the online <gasps> version. Oh, snap. You are mean. No playing space battles with other people. You are people. so mean. You, you must keep trying until you succeed. <laughs> uh, some downloadable content uh, will take us through Season 4 and beyond, because uh, we'd really love to fit in the E squared thing in there. Our Borg Queen story could fit in there. Uh, temporal Cold War stuff, new weapons. You could uh, do a mission as the Arboreals trying to stop what's going on with the, these canisters that they're making that they don't know about. Uh, different uniforms from different Star Trek shows could be unlocked, etc. And uh, if we feel like it, we'll throw in some side missions where you end up doing stuff from some of the books, whether you know it or not. Awesome. So awesome. that's about where we stand. It's a good thing I was taking all these notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a great note taker. Thank the Lord, because I'm terrible. <laughs> so bad at note taking. That's okay. I've, I, oh. uh, it's, it's, a, it's just a common skill that I've honed for many, many years now. <laughs> That's coming really handy with all our writers. Yeah, too. yeah, I'm good at it. <laughs> I'm good at writing so, notes. Oh. But it's been fun talking about your note taking today. <laughs> but this isn't the only thing we've been discussing on the network. So here's a quick look at some of the other things you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.fm. To the journey. Praise for enthusiasts. <laughs> okay, if. Uh, I, I, I'm going to make a commitment to myself right now. If I am ever perishing in a plane crash, I am going to say brace for impact right before I die to everyone on the plane. I will brace somehow for impact. hear it across the miles. It'll be very dramatic, you know, with some dramatic theme music playing, hopefully, <laughs> just like we have in Voyager here this episode. Earl Grey. That's terrible. Wow. Like, why would someone think that? I mean, if it's going to infect <laughs> this entire world of Ferengi, You've got to assume that there's going to be visitors or whatever, and then it's just going to spread yeah, everywhere. Spread that everywhere. doesn't even make sense. Doesn't doesn't sound like a good plan. No, to me. it does not. Literary treks. Both Bound and myself like Star Trek stories that work as uh, some kind of a parable that uh, hold up the mirror to modern times. And when we got the assignment that we could actually write the Prometheus trilogy, we were pretty sure that we wanted to do something contemporary with it, that we wanted to put modern day into a science fiction story. And the biggest problem that we saw at the time was terrorism. Melodic treks. You know, I suppose as being an actor, you know, I just 
was really kind of feeling into Clive's character and and trying to express the emotion of what I felt like he was going through on the Sarangi. Mm -hmm. So then it became much more of a personal, individual character. It was how I experienced doing it. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcast. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. Boomers, we want to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are so many ways for you to do that. The best place, of course, to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference. If you don't know this by now, you must be new. Uh, That's our listeners group on Facebook. Just go to the Facebook search field, type in Babel, B-A-B-E-L, and it should come right up. It's usually the first result, if not it should be the second. But you can also send us an email uh, using the form on our website, which is trek.fm slash contact. Just choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. It comes right to us. And you can find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. So, Patrick, when you're not busy punishing players for trying to beat the Zindi early, where can people find you? Well, when I'm not punishing players, which is as often as possible, <laughs> they can find me elsewhere on the network with my friend Amy uh, doing The Edge. That'll be uh, ramping up soon. We'll be coming to you every week instead of every other or so. Uh, the last short is coming out very shortly. That'll probably air before this, actually. But um, And then it'll be every week we'll be ramping up with The Edge. And uh, other than that, you can find me at Twitter at MagicDrop5. And, of course, I pop in and out of the Babel conferences as much as I can. So, Brandy, when you're not having a Trellium D incident, where can people find you? (laughs) I was stoned out of my gourd, you guys. (laughs) So high on that Trellium D. (laughs) You can find me. I'm sorry. I don't know why that's so funny. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Brandywine12. Brandy is with an I. 12 is a number. You can find me lurking in the Babel Conference a lot of the time. You can find me here on the network on Live from the Edge with my good friend Bruce, where we do a live show about Star Trek Discovery. We have one more short, which of course will be out by the time this comes out. We'll be over and done with. But uh, starting on... The Friday after the first episode of season two of Discovery, we will be doing Live from the Edge again on a weekly basis as soon as a new episode has dropped. So new episodes drop on Thursday. We do Live from the Edge on Friday. Everybody's happy. And uh, you can also hear me on uh, the Dark Corner podcast with my fab husband, Dave, talking about stuff and things. Uh, We did a New Year music special where we then reviewed all the movies we'd seen since the last podcast that we did. So it was basically songs and movie reviews in between. That's pretty much how it stacked up. We had a lot of fun with that. And so, yeah. 
If you'd like to help keep all of our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron on the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. Available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all those details at patreon.com slash trekfm. And this is now the time where we thank our wonderful associate producers for Warp 5, who are as follows. Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Ozer, Mark Flessa, Chris Trebuzio, and Jim McMahon. We thank you so much for your support of the Trek FM Network and for your support specifically of Warp 5. We really could not do this without you. And that brings us to an end of this week. Uh, we hope you join us next week and keep calm and boom on. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, your Star Trek... Oh, <laughs> It's not so easy, is it? It's not easy, <laughs> and it's not even the alcohol this time. This I just can never get through the first line. You All can right. do it. I believe in you. I don't. I do. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5. <laughs> that was the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> The technical way to pluralize that I would be I keep forgetting to say Trek FM. I keep forgetting the Trek FM part. That's the problem. <laughs> I keep saying the Star Trek. Be Warps 5, not Warp 5s. Good grief. I, there's multiples of us. <laughs> <clears throat>